Hey everybody, welcome to Surface Level, the show that takes a look at society's expectations and rejects the ones we don't see it for, all from the perspective of three black queer best friends. I'm one of your hosts, Damon, and today, Tony, Jordan, and I are discussing getting your hair fried, dyed, and laid to the side in an environment where mostly straight men reside. Is the black barbershop a safe space for black queer men? What conversations would you like to have in the black barbershop? This is a little off the top. A little off the top. Okay. So season two, we always start with some fun games. So today I have nine photos in my hand, (laughs) but only three of these girls will will continue to be in the running to become surface levels next top week. (laughs) <laughs> oh, well, I'm I'm bald, so <laughs> now, anyway. Baldies count as wigs as well. Can't wait to see these photos. So we'll do our best at describing some fun, some fun photos of all three hosts and pick the best option for everybody. Okay. We'll also add the, uh, the photos in the story so that everybody can play along for the uh, week that we do this episode. Yes. So first, we're going to start with Jordan. Oh, God. Are we going to pick the bald head scallywag? When she had the skin fade, mm-hmm. the platinum blonde ambition, she had a low cut dye job, or <laughs> the baby fro, which is the current day. Good lord. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Um. So, I mean, I'll go first since these are Jordan's photos. I think my favorite was when she tried to give you legally blonde. <laughs> Tony likes blonde, Jordan? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, not typical for Jordan, I don't think. And it's it showed a little bit more personality. So... A little risque. I like it. I'm going to go with the blonde, too. She she only had it for like a day and a half, but <laughs> See, you know how I, she do. I had it for a full week in Brazil, <laughs> um, but I would personally go for the skin, like the, what do you call that? A buzz the cut. Sky away. The buzz cut? It was a buzz <laughs> cut. I would go for that. Okay. I'll do that again. All right. <laughs> so with Tony, are we going babyface Tony with the fade? Young adult fo- Tony with the fade beard combo, mm. or Howard Daddy with the baldy. And for reference, yeah, it's pretty Tony what they call me. <laughs> I'll go first. Jordan, we start there. I'm in love with the baldy. Um, mm. I think that I was a avid supporter of the bald head. I think it fits you, um, and it feels grown. It feels attractive. It feels sexy. Making Keep her, it. Making her hot in the cat. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, I did love Babyface Tony. Um, that was back in my my youth, my youth. But <laughs> I will say, like, I, I'm pleasantly surprised and happy with the bald head. Um, thank God I have my father's shape, <laughs> his head shape. <laughs> so it works for me, and I think I I think it's gonna be my look going forward. So I agree with Jordan. I was all for the bald Tony, and it works. Yes. All right. So then I guess we have to talk about me. Here so I had the ombre blonde fade, the baby fro transitional hair, mm-hmm. and then now my locks. Let's see these photos. Ooh. Well, I mean. Um, so many. So different. It's weird. They are. They're so different. They're so different. Um, I think the locks. I think that you were, you were born to have hair <laughs> that you can like move, move out of your face. Yeah, I would Constantly. have to say that you know we're we're growing into our the looks that we're meant to have, and these locks, I live. I don't want them to get too much longer because then mm-hmm. you'd be carrying on. But 
this is your look. This is your look. And that photo is fierce. I can't wait for them to see that <laughs> in the stories. I think, you know, go for a lob. A lob? A lob. Long, a long bob? A long bob. <laughs> a long, long bob lock. Let's not get longer than that. No, maybe we'll see. Maybe. We, we'll see. All right. So last question. Final round. If any of the hosts were exploring a new look, which do we think will be best? Jordan with a pastel dye job. Mm. Tony with top locks. Or mm. Demond with a baldy. Tony, let's start with you. I think me with the top blocks would be <laughs> sickening, fierce. Well, you get your little wig. Uh, well, I mean, the girls do have, like, I, I think it's no longer taboo or a faux pas to have the, the faux locks that people are wearing these days. So, and they, when they're done right and tastefully, they look good. And the, I could see the lace front? No. Uh, I, I mean, it, yeah, that's what it is. Uh, well, it's a I lace mean, front. Listen. If She's I trying could, to shame you. Get your lace front. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just trying to let us use the proper terms. Listen, when I bust out with my wig, <laughs> I got to get it properly done, though. I got to go to someone that really knows what the fuck they're doing. Jordan, what you think? I'm about to pick myself, too. I think a pastel, but like a shortcut, like a Maluma buzz, mm. pastel pink. That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I actually am going to go with Jordan with pastel dye job. Okay. I because mean, I feel like you don't, you play around in dye. And actually, when your hair is dyed, I, I look at you, I'm like, like, that's really fun. Like, that, that's more of, like, who I know you to be versus, like, the conservative, like, baby fro. We love to see girl. it. The baby fro is, is, a, is birth from the quarantine. That's, <laughs> that's, you know, that's not the day-to-day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it is, though. It, it, it is. We're, we're, the barbershop's been open for two months, girl. Right. <laughs> you tried it. Anyway, all right, so moving out of our game. Today, we wanted to kind of have a discussion about our experiences being black men, but black queer men in what's like the kind of the, the, the best place in the world for most black men, which is the barbershop. It's the place where mm. people are speaking openly, they're speaking loudly, and they are finding community. And we wanted to kind of have a discussion about our experience in that space. So quick, what are the first three words that come to mind when you think about the black barbershop? Jordan. Mm, the first three words. So traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, inconvenient. Ooh, <laughs> oh, right now. <laughs> we'll get into that. Um, hip-hop. Okay. Tony. Mm. Well, I'm going to cheat a little bit and add a fourth word. See. Um, when I think about the barbershop, I think, how many you got? Because <laughs> I want to get in and out. So mm-hmm. let's cut to the chase. We ain't got time for the small talk. Okay. Um, I think about masculinity, passion, and community. Yes. Um, mm. Yeah, child, they'd be passionate about everything in there. Girls will debate anything from politics to chips. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Conspiracies. Conspiracy theories. Like, you know... Trump killed the Obamas, <laughs> but they got married to the Clintons. I mean, so they like, talk about every. I saw thing. it on YouTube. Right. Less. Good Lord. <laughs> the, continue cutting my hair. How about that? Please, how many you got? <laughs> it's inconvenient, as Jordan said. All right. So we think about the barbershop. It's really like pantheon of the black male world. Like it's that that's like heaven for them. Mm-hmm. Um so what are you guys' experiences in predominantly cisgendered, straight environments? Do you feel comfortable? Do you feel like you're being a shell of yourself? Uh, Tony, maybe we'll start with you. Mm. Uh, well, my experience was really 
it started for me, all of us as a kid, and I, re- I just remember two types of experience. One with my father and then the other with, like, my mother or my aunt. My father would take me to the barbershop with him. He would basically, like, sit me in the chair. My haircuts were free. He knew everybody. He was maybe gambling in the back, being social, you know, <laughs> running around. And what, what I what I enjoyed about that was just, it felt like, like you said, Damon, community. Um, and I think that that is some of the, the my best memories of like being young and going to the barbershop for the first time. And then on the other hand, you had like my mom and my aunts that would either bring me to the barbershop, send me in there while they go run errands <laughs> and then, you know, come back for me or send me with cash and, you know, making sure you had that tip money. Hello. They gave you like two dollars. Tip that man. <laughs> um, hard. Yes. So it for me, I always felt a sense of like belonging and, you know, but as I grew up, that changed. Right. Um, so we could talk about that. I don't know if you want to hear about Jordan's experience on the younger side and that we can talk about now <laughs> present day because it's different um but yeah I'll, I'll stop there and i'll let jordan speak about his experience in the barbershop i mean i think that my experience in the barbershop is very similar to my experience with black straight men in general is that i always had this anxiety that I was never fully accepted. Like, I never had any, like, overt, like, we don't agree with you, but I always had this, like, lingering idea that, like, people were just, like, tolerating me. Mm. And I don't feel like, um, if I wasn't able to participate in straight conversations, I don't feel like there was, like, an effort made to figure out what my interests were. Not to say that it's the barber's responsibility to, like, figure out how to be my friend. Right. Um, But I just... I don't know. I never felt completely comfortable in participating in the broad barbershop conversation that always gave me some like level of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I, and I think that because I never participated in that, I just sort of like retrieved into myself mm-hmm, and right. not really like engaged as much. So right. for me, the barbershop is a very transactional experience for me. Right. I feel kind of. Similarly, like, I don't think I participated in the conversations because they really, I didn't relate. It was like sports and girls that ain't had nothing to do with me, except <laughs> for when I wanted to watch the sports and, you know, look at the boys. For different things. Right, for different things. But I think it was more, I was more of a spectator. And so, like, what Damon was Same. saying earlier about, like, listening and hearing the crazy shit that they would be talking about and just rolling my eyes and being like, girl, enough. <laughs> um, but, Damon, what about you? I I never had a problem being in the barbershop. I I feel like when I was growing up I went to like a really I don't know, diverse barbershop with just like like one of the guy that owned it was like a minister at the church I went to who mm. was he had also was like an ex convict who like was got out of jail and like started this barber business and was employing black men around us and like I feel like it's one of the places where you really see a big spectrum of black men, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's one of the places where, yeah, it's like verbose and it's loud and it, it can be fucking intimidating to get into that conversation. But I feel like, I don't know, like, I feel like I was always drawn into it. Like, even if I wasn't out and openly gay in the barbershop, people always respected. They, like, knew that I was, like, smart, like, 
right. you're book smart and you're what, should, what do you think about this thing or like when I was in college and coming home like oh that's the college boy like what like how, they would bring me into the conversation in that um, aspect to myself and I felt like I was still just as welcome and a part of the exchange even if like at a certain point it's just like you know I ain't talking about these women right but how many times do you like going back to what Jordan was saying and just about the anxiety like they're talking about girls and then they showing you pictures like yo look at like check her out and you looking like like wh- how that's, am I supposed to respond to this <laughs> that's the most uncomfortable Tony because like and I want to hear mm-hmm. what you guys have to think about this but I feel like that's what sort of also gave me anxiety which is why I didn't want to engage is because mm-hmm. I didn't want to be confronted with questions that would ultimately require me to sort of reveal mm-hmm. who I was attracted to mm. and I feel like that was like so common because like it's the barbershop right. so obviously they're talking about women mm-hmm. they find attractive like whoever and if I don't respond in a way that's sort of like expected I'm right. sort of like revealing something about myself that I don't necessarily want to with mm-hmm. this group of people right it's like you're like falling into the seat like don't nobody ask me nothing don't nobody ask me nothing <laughs> exactly <laughs> so it's just like mm, I'll just go to sleep during my I mean not to sleep close your eyes I'll close my eyes right I used to do that for a very long time just like close my eyes in the hair I'm in the barbershop when I was getting a haircut yes really yeah do you still feel that way or like as adults when you guys go into a barbershop now like what are your what are your feelings Hmm. Um, well, yeah, Tony. I think I think now, like I'm very sure of who I am. The barber, but I was going more frequently. Definitely, like I I don't hide any parts of myself, and I actually felt like I built a solid relationship with my regular barber, where it's just like small talk in the beginning, but they cut my hair. I'm mm-hmm. in and out. I have a relationship. I text them. I'm coming in. Like it. I I no longer felt that anxiety that I may have felt when I was in my like teens and like figuring out who I was. And yeah. so now it's, it's different. Damon. I, I agree with that. Like for a while, actually, um, some years ago, Jordan and I went to the same barber, uh, D back in the day. Shout out. D. D. Shout out D. All right now. Yeah. D, 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 D to barber. D, oh, okay. <laughs> D, 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 D A, not the barber. The barber. Oh, duh. The barber. Oh, wow. Uh, but anyway, I remember at one point he was talking because like I, I started going to him when I came to New York. Jordan went to him for a little while. I sent like a couple other people I knew. He was just like, yeah, he was like, I ain't got no problem with you, man. He was like, I know. He was like, I know you're gay. He was just like, I know most of your friends you sent here is gay. He's just like, I'm cutting their hair. They ain't, we ain't never had an issue. And it's just like, again, like I haven't, I think that sometimes we go into straight environments with the assumption that we're going to be mistreated. Right. And and that's not to say that there are not spaces and times where people are meant to be, are, are treated really unfairly. Mm-hmm. But I think that, in some ways, you do have to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I try not to go into spaces where, like, if it's a bunch of straight cisgendered men and I assume that people are going to look down on me or make me feel like an other because I'm different. Right. Versus, like, just being accepting and open, which is, luckily, has been my experience. I, I mean, I like that because you have to take yourself. That's that's our own insecurity. of Yeah. When you say, like, assuming is probably the worst thing you can do because when you end up having these conversations with, these barbers or whoever, mm-hmm. and they're like usually cool with it. If you're like confident in who you are, they don't care. Like, and at the end of the day, that money is still green. Hello, and they're gonna take it. Okay, did the check still clear? <laughs> yes, <laughs> Jordan. Um, my my relationship has absolutely changed. Okay, so Good. I think that um, obviously leaving a small town, coming to a place like New York, where there's so many different ways of living, different type of people that come in. Um, I think that 
the barbers that I've been in contact with have been a lot more tolerant than what I've experienced growing up. Mm-hmm. And also, like, I think that I, um, I do want a great haircut, but there's, <laughs> but there's other factors that I consider. You know what I mean? Like, I consider, like, the conversation mm-hmm. when I'm getting my haircut. I consider how timely they are. Um, and all of that sort of culminates in, like, who I decide to, like, be a repeat customer for. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I, I at least got to the point where, like, I'll make sure that my personal barber is somebody who I feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I still don't feel 100% comfortable participating in a lot of the public conversations. Like, when, when the barbers start to, like, talk across the shop. Oh, my goodness. And, like, I go to, like, a, like I used to go to, like, a bigger shop pre-pandemic. But, um... Mm-hmm. But, like, when they would, like, get into, like, talking across the room, like, I don't participate in that. Like, right. But, like, I'll talk to my barber. Yeah. It's much better. And, yeah, I feel like, so to, what, you, to you guys' point, it's, it's, it's a lot more tolerant and it's a lot easier. So, Jordan, if you could build your ideal barber environment, what would that be? Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Do we have enough time? So, Wait, what kind of experience are you trying to have? Right. We would definitely start with <laughs> um, accepting... <laughs> <laughs> Not a happy ending, Tony. Come on. A happy haircut ending, you know. Well, yeah, that's a happy... I like to be happy at the end of my... Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love a good haircut. <laughs> yeah. Continue to speak very openly. Love that. I love that for us. Um, I am so tired of going to the ATM before I go to the barbershop. I think that that is so archaic. I'm tired of it. I don't know why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to, like, tap my phone and do Apple Pay or a credit card or a vent- something, anything. Anything that doesn't require me going out and getting paper cash to, like, make a transaction, that yes. really fires me up. Why are also, we still here? Right. Also, I would like for my appointments to be honored. If I book a 1 p.m., mm-hmm. I want to get my hair cut at 1 p.m. Sharp. Because usually I have something to do at 2. So Period. She books that Saturday back to back. Oh. Hello? If I'm coming all the way downtown to get a haircut, you already know that I lined up a whole bunch of d- other activities. <laughs> she got to shut her wig off. Shut the wig off. You <laughs> got more plans than anybody I know. <laughs> um, so, like, an actual, like, really, like, consistent and reliable booking system. And then, like, a smaller environment is what I typically like. Um, and I would really, really, really like a hair wash at the end of my haircut to just, like, remove all the dead hair. Mm. I hate, like, going... Like, I like I like to be able to get a haircut and go somewhere else, but I don't want to have, like, hair in my ears and hair on my collar and, don't like... You pr- press your way on, on over to the salon. Right. The salon? They're, <laughs> yes. not, they're not doing our hair. Uh, she she want to go to Diva Curl. <laughs> <laughs> is that a product? <laughs> or is that a shop? It's both. Diva mm. Curl. Okay. But yeah, I think those are the those are the most important things: the Tony. money transaction, <laughs> the like the availability and the consistency in which I get my hair cut at the time that I schedule, and then just get the dead hair off of me so that I can like go on with my day. Right. I mean, it's it's important. Tony, what do you think? Ideal well, barbershop. I mean, so our barbers are could be looked at as like we have relationships with them. They're like our fake boyfriends. Um, in our minds. Yeah, your father. And Who's mine? Your uncle. Your and, professor. And, okay. <laughs> okay. So, you know, that it's important to have that ex- excellent, exceptional barber experience. So, for me, one of my favorite barber experiences was actually when we were at Howard University. And mm-hmm. one of our fellow, like, you know, my, one of my friends 
um, was able to just book me an appointment, come to my dorm room and cut my hair. And then he go on his merry way. I didn't have to go anywhere. The haircut was fierce. I enjoyed the conversation because it was a friend and we could and he was it was a straight guy too at that. Tony, um Tony, this was a student? It was a student. Oh. Yeah. You probably got your hair cut by him. No. Everyone everyone did. I went to a shop. Oh well, good for you. Yeah. I, I mean I did too. I, I went to a shop. But but <laughs> Right. Hello. I did go to what was that barbershop across the street? That's the one I went to. Yes. I don't know what it's called. I forget what it was called. But I I like the idea of someone coming to me if I could have my ideal situation. Um, but having an appointment, if being able to have a relationship where I do, I like to dialogue with the person. If I can, it's, it's weird to just go in and be like, uh, how many you got? Sit down, get the cut, leave. Like It's like, yeah. wait, all right, handle me with care. So, you like to be handled with care. <laughs> I like, you like to be handled with care? Absolutely. Yeah. So if you want to be handled with care, you probably <laughs> want something similar. <laughs> I mean, what about you, Demond? You got locks now, so it's different. Well, so, okay, so I grew my. I, right now, I'm growing my beard. It's to be a little darker, and for me, with a dark beard, it needs a little shape up. Um, yes. So I started going to the barbershop again for the first time after like almost two years. Hmm. Um, and I've I really like going to like the regular old barbershop as it is. Um, mm-hmm. I just feel like so much of no a, appointment. Oh no, I, I would like an appointment, but like, but like, even if I don't, like, I I don't mind that, just because like, our lives are so damn bougie, and mm-hmm. and for me, it's a thing that reminds me of like, home and my being at the, going to the bar with my dad and my three brothers, um, or my grandfather, um, and being around men that like don't exist in like our corporate structures, even in our like friend groups. Yeah. Um. And for me, it's one of the things. It, even kind of like living in Harlem and just like walking around on a weekend that feels connected to the community that is more similar to how I grew up versus the life that, in some ways, we've shaped for and we worked for uh, and created for ourselves. And I think that connection is still really beautiful. Like I don't want to gentrify the barbershop. Yes. You want? Um, it's a human experience. It's an experience, mm-hmm. and it's a cultural experience. Um. Wait, yeah, like gentrify the barbershop. I'm not trying to gentrify the barbershop. What's gentrifying the barbershop? Child, you know, you if you would go to the barbershop, I want my hair washed and I want a glass of champagne. <laughs> I don't. I, don't and I, want, Demond, I do not need champagne. If they had, if if there was an option to have champagne and to not have champagne, you'd be all over the champagne. If they gave me champagne at the conference, like meeting at work, I would take the champagne. But like, I'm not requiring it. I, didn't I don't say think you I required. Don't, it. Look, asking for <laughs> asking for a visa transaction <laughs> is not gentrifying. Listen, he don't want to get cash. He don't want to get cash. He wanted hair wash at the end. Right. Who don't? He, he wouldn't be able to go straight on to. I mean, yes. Right. She got to go straight to her uh, brunch at. Uh, where? Where's <laughs> she, where she going to brunch? Channel? I don't uh, know. Some, somewhere fancy and, somewhere and, bougie. and Mama you know. Fuka. Right. Not going to Mama Fuka for brunch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And, and I think it's fun because, like, one of the things that is most important in the barbershop is, like, the conversation and is yes. the interaction. Yeah. So, like, say Jordan created his ideal bougie barbershop mm-hmm. and. <laughs> we were to start off a conversation. Like, we've talked about how we're kind of afraid to participate sometimes. Um, and how can we... If you were to start a conversation and make it about you, what would it be? Um, Tony, maybe we start there this time. Okay, so let me think about this because I don't even... I don't think about bringing up anything when I'm at the barbershop. 
um, because mm. that's that's you know I don't want the I want the barber to get me in and out, and so I want to do less talking and more cutting of my hair. <laughs> Hello, so I can get to brunch or wherever I need to go. <laughs> Meeting Jordan and after, Mama Fuka after he had his washing set. Um, <laughs> I think, though, what would be interesting to bring up in the barbershop, being a black queer man, is talking to these black barbers, these heterosexual barbers, um, about the idea of what if their son or their daughter were gay Mm -hmm. or queer or what have you, and would they be okay with that? Oh, Lord. And how would they handle it? You know, I want to go in and educate the girls on... If that happened, how, I want to know what would you do? Are you would you be accepting? And maybe I can impart some wisdom on how they can handle that with care. And I think that would be so fun to talk about uh, mm-hmm. because it's not a conversation that comes up with them on a daily. And when they're faced with it, as they are, yeah, you know, they need the tools to be, you know, ready to to approach that. And also, it benefits the child. So I would I would love to entertain something like that in the barbershop. It's also really helpful for barbers in general because they're so fucking loud. They interact with so many people in our community. Mm-hmm. They have so many loud conversations about things. If there is a bit more knowledge and acceptance and like the promoting of that from these people who are these, I don't want to say what, griots? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Mongrel. <laughs> you call them what you call them. <laughs> but just, just people that a lot of young men or even she, the girls are getting their hair cut off these days. Yeah. Um, just coming to them and hearing them talk about things. And if they were to hear them speak about a child that they loved who was queer or a, a da- daughter that they loved who was a lesbian or whatever the experience would be, I think it would help with so many people in our community because, for like we were saying earlier, for so many types of black men, the barbershop is a touch point. Yes. You can't go down, unfortunately, to the Caucasian barbershop and get your hair cut. No, ma'am. You're going to look like... I mean, you can't get your hair cut with scissors. You uh, have to get a clipper. Ooh. You have to, like, get the full thing. A you fade. can't get your hair cut with scissors. Can we give that a moment? <laughs> Bring it down to a two, a one, a right. one and a half. Do not a, a pull taper. scissors. I'm like, I need a shape up. You pull scissors out. What are we doing? I'm like, what? You know what? Wrong road. Wrong road. Jordan, what convo are you having? Um, so, I want to... Less serious, um, but I definitely want to have a conversation about female rappers. Uh uh-uh. uh And less and and <laughs> and who and who they like, because I'm just I feel like I have this conversation with all of my friends. Yeah. Um, which are mostly gay black men and straight black women. Mm-hmm. Who are you I, calling gay? Huh? <laughs> what are you? I'm a straight black woman. Are you? <laughs> always, always knew it, sis. Um, no, I, w- I would want to have that conversation and just sort of like see like what the I don't I don't feel like I get too much in- um, insight on that, and it's something I'm really interested in. It's just like, you know, like female rappers who they're appealing to, what people think about them, and like I don't know. It's just like something that I like consume a lot of and care a lot about. So how, how would you pitch that conversation? Um, I I'll just be like, what do you guys think about Nicki Minaj? What do you, I mean, not even that, because, you know, we all know what they think. But I mean, like, I, I'm curious about how many like straight mulatto. male uh, barbs are out there. <laughs> you, might, you might make some friends. Right. I didn't even think about that. Straight it has to be very few. Male barbs. 
Yeah. <laughs> that I've never even it, thought about that. Right. It took me a minute to get that out. I was like, it's a, it sounds like an oxymoron. <laughs> but I feel like, you know, when I go into like the barbershop, like if like Travis Scott like drops or something like that, like I said, hip hop was one of the, the adjectives that I thought about. Because mm-hmm. the barbershop that I went to and I have been going to for the last couple of years before the pandemic. Like anytime a new album came out, mm-hmm. they were blasting it. Yeah. But like they never blast like when a female rapper dropped anything. Mm-hmm. Like, but it was like Travis Scott dropped something. We're listening to the whole thing. Like, I will say that Partisan oh. is dropping something. It's the whole thing. I just want to know what they're do they even care? Right. Well, first of all, straight male barbs. I just thought about the double entendre barbs, barbers. Um. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But what they're doing, Jordan, is they're probably like queening out at home. Hello. Well, that's why I want to have the conversation. Oh, you want them I, to clean out in the barbershop? Okay. If I they feel so the, compelled. I've been getting my hair cut by this black lesbian woman. Child, she was in the barbershop playing WAP. And I was like, yes. this, this is different. <laughs> that would be nice. That would be nice. Let's have a conversation but then about we, that. What started, do you think about these verses? The verses started going, and they were like, this is maybe a bit much for one in the afternoon on a Saturday. It's not. Child. <laughs> I mean. Um, so I think that, and then I think, Alternatively, I would like to talk about just like TV shows. Like, I feel like I like talking about like the shows that I'm watching on TV. She can yeah. talk about the white women TV shows she be no, watching. No, like, you know, like Lovecraft Country. Did you all watch the new Jennifer Aniston show? You know, he loves a handmaid's tale. Oh, that's show. good. The morning show? Mm-hmm. That's Jennifer Aniston, right? Yes. yes. Okay, I can't, I, I didn't know if it was a different Jennifer. But yes, it's that. And then it's Reese Willis. That's good. That was good. I want to talk about that. Like Jimmy's I like talking. Like Jennifer well, Aniston or I mean, Reese Witherspoon. They're definitely not. They're, they're, <laughs> they are not watching those shows. I could guarantee. <laughs> but they might really like it. But the thing is, if you speak up, Jordan gonna find the other Jordan in the barbershop, and he gonna speak up from the other corner of the barbershop, <laughs> and be like, Meryl Street. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I see you. We see each other. We see each other. Yes. Well. <laughs> Damon, I, I I can't wait to hear Why? what you want to bring up in the barbershop. Why I always got to get some kind of something intro, real, I, something real heavy. I, I know it's going to be very interesting, interesting conversation. Like Ooh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're bringing up things from outside the podcast. That's inside. Sure. Now, continue <laughs> to speak very openly. Um, I would say I would like to bring up a conversation saying that the proximity to queerness has no and has no bearing on anybody else's sexuality or perceived masculinity. Mm-hmm. And I think about a very specific... Wait, can you repeat that? Um, anyone's proximity to queerness mm-hmm. um, has no impact on their own sexuality or their perceived masculinity. Yes. So gay by association for the girls that can't keep up. Okay. And he's not talking about me. I just wanted to repeat it. I don't <laughs> give Oh, no. Not you, Tony. No, not me. No. Uh-uh. Others. Yeah. That's going to yes. be the last definition y'all get on surface level. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure, because you know Damon speaks in cursive. Ooh. Well, our, hopefully our listeners can read. It's very pretty can, cursive. Can, can it read. is. Um, but, but I say that because I had a very um, interesting conversation a few years ago with one of my um, straight friends. And the, the thing he said to me was like, oh, I don't have an issue with gay men. He was just like, but like, just like, don't mess with me. In some way, shape, or form. Just like, like don't, don't hit on me or mm. like that type of thing. Oh, okay. And what I said to mm. him, I was just like, why is that a problem? If I were in a straight club and mm. a woman came up to me and were like, and said, oh, I think you're attractive or I'm in some way interested in you, I wouldn't be offended. Right. You No one would expect me to be offended. Right. It's just something yeah. that exists and like people are attracted to people and then sometimes they express that. Um, so my point was that even if 
a queer person came to you and said, like, oh, I'm attracted to you. I'm interested in you. And you said, oh, thank you, first of all. Yes. Hello. Um, and I'm straight, so therefore, like, we can be friends, but it won't be much other than that. I think that, like, people need to be able to digest that a bit more. I like that. Um, Let's normalize that. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times people are, like, thinking all oh, gay okay, men, like, want to like drag them away into a dark okay. dungeon it's just like first of all Mm-mm. people don't want half of your dusty asses anyway period second of all <laughs> if someone <laughs> is why does somebody's appreciation intimidate you right like that's an it's there it's an insecurity it's there's something there i mean we all know what it is Ooh. What, what, what is it she got a word over there right in the I corner mean, it's not like a new word it's just homophobia <laughs> I, but I think that having, <laughs> but the thing is having that conversation out loud because like there's, it, it's like racism where like people think of like racism as like KKK, and if, if you're not in like the white hood mm-hmm. and being like beating a black person over the head or a, a different type of race person over the head, then you don't want to assume you're racist. But yeah. there are levels to it, and there are different experiences that all people can have. And the Hello. same thing with homophobia. Like, people think that, well, I would never gay bash, and I have gay friends, so therefore I'm not homophobic. Right. And it's just like, well, no, actually, the fact that, like, this gay man complimented you and you immediately went into defense mode, that's also an expression of homophobia. But you're not internalizing right. that. Because it doesn't look like beating me over the head and calling me a faggot. And how many times do we hear straight men say, I have no problem with gay, you know, gay men, mm-hmm. but just my son better not be gay. Hello? Like Kevin Hart. It's like, wait a minute. Hold on. This is that that's so that, one, that one's not like the other blows my mind. Yeah. That really blows my mind. So, I mean, this was a very interesting conversation, but <laughs> that's all the time we had this week. Let's keep the conversation going though. Let us know your thoughts and questions at surfacelevelpodcast.com and if you enjoyed this discussion, please rate, review and subscribe. You can stay updated by following us on Instagram and YouTube at surface level podcast and remember, stay curious.